Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quickie and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and since it's Tuesday, Andy's off somewhere talking about golf. He's at the Betsperts Golf Show. So when we're done, hop over there. Joining me, as always, to cover in for Andy, Mr. Matthew Rooney, and I must wish you a happy National Taco Tuesday, apparently. If that's a thing. It's that's what Taco I've been Tuesday. led to believe. The internet is, has led so me to believe every Tuesday, Tuesday is, is Taco, Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday, and then one of them is the national day. I assume so. I don't know how. I'm not necessarily taco religious, so I don't celebrate every Tuesday. <laughs> but it's National Taco Day, and I assume they put it on Tuesday for a reason. Okay, fair enough. I like that. I, I <laughs> saw some uh, some uh, Instagram stories and ads for. Um, you know, Delhi got rid of the Choco Taco, knockoffs of the Choco Taco today. So that would make sense that it's National Taco Day and why people were advertising that. Well, hopefully everyone enjoys some tacos today. I, I'm a hard shell. What are you, a hard shell or soft shell guy? I usually like soft shell. I like the soft. Mm. You kind of just wrap it up almost into like a mini burrito. I, I prefer that. But I, I like getting the, the tortilla chip on the side. I get my crunch from the tortilla chip on the side. And then if any of the toppings fall out of the soft shell, I scoop them up with the tortilla chip. And if you're a genius, a you work at Taco worlds. Bell and you do both. Yeah, exactly. You do the <laughs> crunch wrap. But I digress. Did you watch the football game last night? Jeff Wilson runs in the first touchdown again. Just kind of an electric play, 32-yard um, rush. And then Debo, you know, kind of one-ups him on, again, like I hate talking about like video game players for the second day in a row after talking about Holmes yesterday. But I don't know about you, but that looked exactly like kind of somebody playing a video game. No, that's exactly what it was. And the Rams just defense didn't really look too interested in trying to tackle him. It seemed like they were all just like, oh, somebody else. I don't want to tackle get him. him. And then I probably wouldn't either. He, uh, he runs really, really fast and, and runs really, really hard. Um, that's what, seven and one now? Uh, Kyle Shanahan is against Sean McVay. And the only loss was the was the championship game, the NFC championship game, I think, last year. Um, I don't. The Rams just look, uh, that Super Bowl hangover is really there the offense doesn't really look like it's anywhere near where it was last year I mean Stafford to cup uh, is still good it's still there and that those two still work together but outside of those two I mean the offensive line isn't very good they can't really run the ball Allen Robinson is somewhere I mean he looks like Allen Robinson of the Bears last year where he's just MIA I don't know if that's him at Stafford or off I don't know if he's falling off I don't know if McVay's not calling plays for him well. I don't know what's going on there but that's just been a, a big bust so far I don't know what's going on with that Rams offense it just doesn't seem to hit, be the same must just be if it's that Super Bowl hangover if it's injuries if it's the offensive line I don't really know but uh, man they're, they're not looking good yeah it's really kind of strange to watch and I think uh, it's football starts at the lines you need to have a good quarterback but then it's about the big boys uh, that are right next to the football the whole time and you look at the way the running back room they continue to cycle those guys around it was apparently it was Henderson's night last night as opposed to Akers it's just odd so um, you know kudos to the 49ers for getting it done and I mean, Garoppolo, again, still doesn't look great, but if he can kind of not turn the ball over and do that every night, the 49ers are going to chug along pretty happily, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, he's really looked great, but he's always kind of been good enough, and I think he's very good in Kyle Shanahan's offense of kind of knowing what run checks to, to work into, what to work out of, what plays to run where, and I, I think he's obviously given a couple plays in the huddle, and it's you know his job at the line of scrimmage to kind of make those reads, and I, I think – he takes care of the football for the most part, obviously has his games where he doesn't, but he, he makes the short throws that he kind of needs to. He finds Debo down the field and he knows how to kind of run that offense. It's a little bit of a field general. And I, I think he's a really good fit for that offense. And I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see the San Francisco 49ers on champ 
championship Sunday again this year, just because that team kind of plays great defense and they have a formula down that's worked. Well, let's talk about some amateur, well, semi-pro, I guess they are now, college football. You got a couple picks for us. I see a Pac-12 game and what looks like a basketball game to me, but I'm not going to fall for that joke again. <laughs> well, Georgia Tech isn't very good at basketball, so I get the, the Duke thing I get, but we're, we're going to talk a little bit of Duke football here because they're not actually bad this year. Uh, we'll, we'll start there. I don't. Georgia Tech is a, is a three-point underdog at home because they beat Pitt last week. Um, they pulled off an upset off a, you know, an interim coach bump after they fired Jeff Collins and it was a nice win for them. I still think they're a pretty bad football team. Dan's got, I think the under three and a half total wins and they're already at two. Um, I don't see them. I I think last week was just an interim bump. They're very one dimensional offensively. I think Duke is a very well-rounded football team. Mike Elko is a very good defensive minded head coach and offensively they're very balanced. They're running for over 200 a game. They're going for 250 a game. Um, so I, I really like Duke in that game. I think the, the line is just a kind of an overreaction to Duke, to Georgia Tech pulling off the upset last week against Pitt. And I think Duke has been very good this year. That Their one loss was at Kansas and a, and a very good game for the now-ranked Kansas Jayhawks, number 19 in the country and undefeated. That was a really tough, hard-fought game on the road for them. Um, I think they come out and they beat Georgia Tech by a couple scores. And then uh, Saturday night, I don't think this is late night. I think it's 7 o'clock Central time. Uh, Washington State getting 13 at USC. Um, USC started off the season very hot, and that offense was firing on all cylinders. Um, it's still pretty good, but it's starting to show a little bit of maybe regression back to the mean that the defense has been getting um, insane turnover luck. Uh, if you look at their turnover differential, I don't remember off the top of my head, but they are just they're an interception machine right now. I think that's due for a little bit of a market correction. And as Dan and I were talking before the show, Caleb Williams for USC has been really good all year, but he's also been getting away with a lot of stuff and getting away with a lot of risky throws. Uh, and I think Washington State getting close to two touchdowns that opened up at 12 and said 13 wouldn't shock me if it got to 14. And if it did, I would absolutely grab it there. Um, but Washington State's a team that can move the ball offensively. They can put up points. They're very efficient in the pass game. Uh, it, I, I really like what they've done so far this year. They had Oregon pretty much beat at home. Uh, kind of they, they blew that one late on the or late at home. Uh, up two scores with just over, under three minutes left. Uh, but I like them covering 13 at USC. I still think USC wins the game, but I think that's a fun one to watch. And I think Washington State can actually score with USC. Wazoo, right? Is that what the kids call them? Wazoo, yeah, the Cougs. Mm. Whenever you want to sound old folks, just ask about the kids. Really just put the in front of anything. It really <laughs> ages you. And since old people love sports, they love tennis. So let's talk about the tennis. What do you think, Matt? I'm, I'm always in. I, do, I, I listened to yesterday's and I, I it's Ostrava and Monastir. Indeed. I hope it's Monastir. Yes. I, I haven't done too good of a job of checking the pronunciation there. But Tunisian tennis will actually start there today. Um, looking through all these matches are for tomorrow. Um, just going through and double checking and yeah, nothing left really on the slate for the rest of today. Um, if you're looking for a fun underdog, I wouldn't hold um, a Jeannie Bouchard bet against you. She's plus 400 on the money line against Benchich. Probably outmatched there, but Jeannie will win one of these matches eventually. But uh, a couple totals and a money line, actually one that we talked about yesterday that got bumped to tomorrow. Um, again, starting in Monastir, uh, Katarina Siniakopa having a really nice finish to the season. Um, made a good run in her previous tournament. Goes up against Claire Liu. In what I expect to be a really quick match, um, the only way we lose this is if it goes three sets, and really tough for me to see that. Siniakova is in great form; she put away Lou here pretty easily. And generally, when she does lose against 
Um, some of these lesser players, you know, call the schedule loss if you go back and really look at a lot of them and, and tends to lose pretty quickly. So under 21 and a half games in a match that I had 20 and a half, maybe a expensive 20 and a half, a cheap 21 looks really great. That half game is really big, especially in the women's game with as many seven fives and things as we see. Um, having that hook is really nice. We'll take another under 21 and a half. I know Estrada is indoors, generally better for overs. Um, but Shelby Rogers is going to be overmatched here. I thought about laying the game spread with Barbara Krejcikova, but really like this under 21 and a half better. Can catch this in two sets pretty comfortably, whereas looking at the three and a half, the minus fours that are floating right out there um, could be kind of tough for her to cover, even in two sets, given um, you know how much she's had to push in some of these matches here lately. But again, 21 and a half and a match that I make 21 looks really great. And Beatrice Haddad, my, talked about this one yesterday. It was supposed to be played today. It looks like it got bumped back to tomorrow so if you already have this great we got a little bit of clv it's was plus 105 plus 100 yesterday seeing minus 105 or so today still happy to take that minus 105 in a match where um mahova just getting too much credit for me for her late performance if you look even over the last month over the last year i think bhm has been the much better player so give me the brazilian here as a small underdog in ostrava and now i'm looking at this map the hockey season it starts on Friday. Hockey season. We got we got the NHL preseason going on right now. We're back to normal. And I gotta be honest this with you. Great. We're back to normal. We're getting there. Um, and I gotta be honest with you. Baseball and and the regular season baseball is just it's a crapshoot. There's really there's there's it's you can't tell who's gonna show up when. Uh, all the all the races except for Dan's Braves are, are technically the one that isn't settled, but that's for the most part settled. I know he's got an emotional hedge just in case it isn't, um, but that one's the only one still live, and that's that, that's pretty much done. Um, so I wanted to get into some NHL futures today, a couple teams that I like, uh, and we're going with point totals. I know it's it's they're not win totals, so it's not what don't have point to worry Tuesday. about win total Wednesday. It's point total Tuesday. Um, got a couple teams out in the Pacific Division. Uh, these were uh, the Oilers were uh, at 104 points last year. The Canucks were right at 92. Um, I really like uh, how both of these teams attack their off seasons. The Oilers went out and, and shored up the biggest glaring weakness they have, and that's in net. They went out and signed Jack Campbell away from Toronto, who uh, I, I was highly critical of last year in the beginning of the year, but he really uh, came on at the end of the year, got better, and he's an absolute upgrade from what they had in that last year with Mike Smith, who's now their backup, who actually as a backup is fine. He's a very high-risk, high-reward goalie. And if that's your backup goalie, that's fine. But Jack Campbell's going to be the, the everyday guy there, uh, and I think that gives them a big bump. Um, they were uh, I don't remember their uh, their point pace under Jay Woodcroft last year when they fired uh, Dave Tippett, but uh, he was something like 29-7-3 and three or 27-9-3 and three once he took over as the Oilers head coach. He's obviously back again this year, and that team made the, the really nice run to the Western Conference Finals where they got swept by Colorado, but they played Colorado pretty tough. I really like this Oilers team to go over. The, I think they're going to be better than they were last year. They got off to that terrible start. I don't think they're going to do that again this year, and I think they're a better hockey team. Uh, and then the Vancouver Canucks, um, same situ same type of situation, fired their head coach early on in the season. Bruce Boudreau takes over, and that team played really, really well. They played at over a hundred point uh, hundred point pace. Uh, they had 92 last year. I think they upgraded the, their their forward group. I think they added themselves a lot more depth. Um, Thatcher Demko and Net keeps getting better every year. He's he's their their defensive core isn't great. That's pretty top heavy. They have three pretty good ones, three pretty eh ones, but. When you have a goalie as good as Thatcher Demko, that can kind of cover up some of those warts. And the way Bruce Boudreaux likes to play, you know, an aggressive forward-checking style, I think that also helps hide your some of your defensive your warts on the blue line. 
So I like the Canucks to be better than last year. I think they're also a little bit of a dark horse. I think at plus a thousand to win that Pacific Division, I would not love. I, I would not hate a, a little half uh, half unit, some sort of small play on that. I think they're the fifth favorite, fourth favorite in that division. I, I'd like a little bit of a flyer there, but I think they'll definitely be better than last year. I think they'll be competing for a playoff spot. They were last year, despite the bad start, they ended up falling just short towards the end. But I think they're a team that's going to be right there and you possibly see in the playoffs too. So I like both of these two teams to go over what they did last year. I can dig it. Those look like fun bets. And so there's no midseason stop or anything like we go back to the normal hockey schedule where like hockey's going to start and then we get NBA and then we get the hockey playoffs and the NBA playoffs. Oh, yeah. We're back to that nice rhythm. Yes, sir. We're right back to it. I can't wait. It's normal sports again. Yeah, it's the best. And again, we'll still have the World Cup in there somehow. Thank God this doesn't affect us in any way. But that's going to be an overloaded November when that when that comes in. We're just going to have everything going on. It's going to be a mess, but yeah, hockey season starts on Friday. So I guess we'll have some hockey bets for you Friday. Have you started looking at some of the uh, games yet? I have not started looking at any of the, uh, the opening nights. That's probably something I, I will probably try and have for you Friday. Maybe a little bit like a, maybe a money line parlay or something like that. Cause I don't, uh, don't know the slate off the top of my head yet, but definitely want to have some opening night bets for Friday. Absolutely. Maybe some totals. Who knows? Maybe they score a lot of goals. A little probably goals. have to fade my Blackhawks on Friday too. We'll oh. see about that. That's, that's okay. Right. No, that's and okay. Not, they need to be bad this year. And really, no baseball. I know it's the end of the season. For those of you that are Braves fans like Dan, you'll see he put in a good idea there. Um, the greatest emotional hedge possible. You take the Mets game one today, parlaying with the Mets game two today, parlay with the Marlins because if somehow that hits, the, the Mets win the division and the Braves are in the playoffs, but not as good, I guess. I think the Mets would still have to win. I think they're so the Mets didn't play last night. So if that happens today, then tomorrow comes the, the division comes down to tomorrow. The Mets would still have to win and the Braves would still have to lose. Mm. So as long as Dan's Braves don't get swept by the Miami Marlins, they are the division champions tonight. I think they can do that. We Fingers hope so. crossed. I think they can do that. Everybody cheer for the Braves and Dan and give us a thumbs up, a rating, a review, write whatever the heck you want. As long as it's there, it's generally a good thing. And we'll be back it tomorrow for happy. a little. It does make Andy happy for a win total Wednesday and lots of other action. See you then.